please, please, this is the episode to share along with the John Oliver episode. Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. I am the big guy, Ryback. we got a great show lined up for you guys this week. I'm, uh... I'm excited. We have Raj Geary. Raj Geary joining me. So good I had to say it twice. And also because I felt like I punched the first time. Uh, joining me here in a little bit. And uh, he's going to actually, he'd reached out. And as, as you guys know, I've been very vocal in on using social media and helping raise awareness different situations going on against WWE and uh, things need to change and and Raj asked a lot of of really good questions and he actually sent me over some of the questions and uh, he I could tell by just speaking to him beforehand that he's he's doing a lot of good and uh, there are people and I've said this from the beginning as far as one of the things that always bothered me um, with wrestling, especially with my time there, and, and see it now more than ever, is there's so much bad reporting out there. And there's so many just things that are not true. And it hurts talent's brand, their image. And it, it brings on a lot of hate from, from a lot of people that it shouldn't. A lot of the times, and you know, I can't tell you, you know, with some of the hate that I get, it's over things that aren't true. And it, it hurts me for the fact that people are wasting their energy being so angry and hateful over things that aren't even true. And it's just, a, it's if it wasn't me, it would be something else. And I'm sure there's 20 other things that they're, they're angry about or 100 different things. And it's a mindset thing and what we're focusing on. And so, but Raj... Uh, doesn't seem to be about that, and uh, I could see he he wants to, to raise awareness too. He can clearly see a lot of the problems that are going on um, in the WWE right now, and they've been going on for a long time. So I really think you guys are gonna to enjoy this conversation. It's it's almost like he interviews me on this, and uh, it, it's really I, I'm really happy with this. I think this is one I would I would like everyone to share, and um, because again, and, and I get people with this that any of the hate usually that comes from me speaking up with this is you're bitter, you got fired. One, yes, I'm very angry. I'm angry, and, and I'm rightfully so. But at the same time, I've moved on, and I've done other great things with my life, and I, I had to move on because of my injuries, which is why I left to begin with. Two, I was never fired. I walked away. And we talked about this time and time again, but there's a portion of people that can't fathom that, that, oh, he got fired. So these people that, that lash out and, 
they they want to say, oh, you can't let them go, let it go, move on. You don't understand. Somebody has to speak up about this because nobody can speak up about this. I can speak up about this and it's my duty as a good human being to speak up about this. So I'm going to continue to do so and it never bothers me. You just you block out the hate. Those people are forever gone. They'll get one free shot to say what they want to say and three quarters of the time, I don't even, I could tell on the first few uh, words of a sentence what that tone is and I don't even, most times, won't even allow it to, to penetrate into my mind, infiltrate my mind, because I don't want I don't want their way of thinking anywhere near me. So, and that's the best piece of advice I can give to a lot of you on that is, is just block people out that are that are like that 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 do that to you because everybody gets it that's on social media because it's just too easy. So, but uh, Raj, really think you guys are going to enjoy that and uh, looking forward to getting to that here. I do want to say thank you to our sponsors and partners, uh, Real Good Foods. RealGoodFoods.com, guys. You could save 15% with discount code Ryback15. And uh, they got, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe their menu is increasing rapidly. If you're a big fan of like the, the keto or the low carb lifestyle, and there's days where I still have lower carbs and I could get a real good pizza and fit it into my diet, those real good pizzas, those and the enchiladas, by far, are my, my two personal favorites. I can eat those things all day long. And uh, check those out. I, I definitely think you guys will like them. And I, I'm really, really happy ha- to have them on board uh, sponsoring this podcast. And they've been great. Also, a shout out to betonline.ag for our betting folks out there. Betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. You guys could use URL, clnsmedia.com slash Ryback. Use promo code CLNS50 for 50% cashback bonus on your first deposit. They are your one-stop shop online sportsbook, betonline.ag for that. So special thank you to them as well. Wiretap Radio, CLNS Media, thank you very much. A wrestling historian, uh, the wrestling classic on Instagram, both those accounts and Twitter, guys. Give them a follow and uh, thank you guys very much. For everything that you do. Big congratulations go out to Bray Wyatt and JoJo. Uh, bringing a new baby into this world. And uh, Bray actually had made a really, really cool... Uh, a lot sharing some, some cool insight into his life. Very rare chance fans get to see that side of him. And uh, he's, again, I've said he's a great guy. He's a great human being. And uh, he's one of the good ones. So I'm very happy um, to see him mentally uh, back on track. And <clears throat> that place and being on the road. And it, it, people need to understand, guys, all these, all the characters and everybody you see, they're all human beings. And that lifestyle, I'm telling you, it, it really tortures your soul. And I, and I, and I say that like, it is... There's a lot of great moments and whatnot. It'd be a lot better if it was a lot less so. And I, I don't think there's any talent that would disagree with that. And the schedule and being gone and the sacrifices you make and losing connections with family and friends because you're living in a hotel room every night of the week almost. You're, when you're gone, when you're home, you might, your body may be there, but mentally you're not. Because you're just all over the place. You're flying from country to country, performing, 
adrenaline taking it away, adrenaline taking it away, driving three, four, five, six hours, rental cars, flying. Flying is such a stress, guys, that you don't, for any human being, when it, even if you don't consciously are aware of it, you're stressed just from everything from TSA to the, the airlines, everything. And if you've flown, you know it's anything but a pleasant situation typically. So imagine having to constantly be in that environment waiting in lines, rental car lines after flying four or five, six hours. And you got to wait an hour sometimes just to get a rental car to drive another hour or two to get to a show to then drive another, you know, three or four hours, five hours after a show. Oh yeah. And then throw in there and then perform and, you know, get a workout in, get your food in. It's a, it's a never ending lifestyle guys. And, uh, so and the, just, I think it's, for fans to be aware and conscious of that. And sometimes if you meet the guys and they don't feel like signing an autograph or taking a picture, it's nothing personal. And a lot of the talents, they'll we, you know, say yes all the time and a lot of the times. And there's just other times, and I've seen the nicest of people just say no, and I've seen fans get angry. You don't know what anybody's going through, and, and, it's, uh, and typically the talent will always just say no thank you if they don't feel like it. So just be aware of everything going on all the time that they're dealing with. And maybe they're having a really busy, bad day. And uh, signing their 50th autograph of the day is not something they feel like doing at that particular time. Maybe at a different situation, scenario? Absolutely, maybe. So just always keep that in the back of your mind, guys. And uh, But Bray, Bray is one of the good ones and a uh, hell of a guy. And I'm very happy for him and JoJo on that. Um, very saddened this week to have learned uh, about the passing of Ashley Massaro. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get to do a couple autograph signings with her <clears throat> back when I first left WWE. As I believe I was in developmental when she actually came up through the diva search and uh, and then began her time in the WWE and. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to get to, to do a couple autograph signings right next to her. And she's, she was a sweetheart. She was always smiling. And she was great with her fans, which is always really nice to see. And uh, 39 years old is just so young. And I'm sure we'll get the details of everything that happened here in the upcoming days or weeks and whatnot. But it's, um, it's tragic. It's another one added to the pro wrestling list. And, um, I actually, I shared on, on social media, I just, I do want to say for my, just my, send my, my heartfelt condolences to the, to their family. And, um, I believe she had a daughter and it's, um, really sucks to even think about the whole situation. And, uh, I don't know. It just, I'm telling you guys it, it the, the world of wrestling is a weird place, and um, you just see it time and time again with people, and uh, that's why, again, and not to her situation, we don't know anything about it, I don't know anything about it, but I'm hoping we can just continue to raise awareness, because I do think there needs to be some major changes in pro wrestling, particularly the WWE. I think now's as good of a time as ever for those changes, for talent. And, um, cause there's a lot of that, uh, 
A lot of people don't want to have to accept it, and WWE doesn't want to acknowledge and accept it. And, um, in this day and age with social media, and I've said it again, get their sponsors and their TV networks, Fox, USA, Snickers, Mattel, Cricket Wireless, I don't know if Frito-Lay is, is one of them with them. They have, a, they have a whole list of their sponsors online, though. Reaching out to them and raising awareness, I don't know if you saw, is, is the best thing we could do. Um, there was a, a letter that Ashley had, had, it was part, I don't know if it, believe it was part of a lawsuit for the concussion lawsuit she might have been a part of against WWE. But um, I could say I've heard stories about, I read that letter, and it's on my, my Twitter account. You can find it on a, it was on a retweet. Um, I, I really wish every wrestling fan would go and read it. And the things that I read in there were some of the things that I'd heard um, before my time in WWE, in my time in WWE. And I can tell reading it, just knowing everything I know, that everything that girl put in that letter is probably 100% true. And uh, getting raped overseas and the whole, the whole ordeal, you don't, you don't make like that up. And, um, and I know how that company operates and I know their views on things. And uh, it angers me to no end when I read stuff like this. Because they they are master manipulators, they play with human lives, and it is they've gotten away with murder for far too long. And I've always said karma is a bitch, and karma karma will always always win. And uh, as positive as I am, as loving as I am, I will not let anybody walk all over me or step on me, and uh, I will fight back. And I will continue to raise awareness because it will make it better for my friends. It will make it better for the people that come after us. And I believe we all have to, to join together and change will happen. And it, you'll get in return in return because everyone always wants something, right? And in return, the fans are going to get a better product if changes start happening. I promise you guys will get a better product. Because when they see the fans, you guys have always had control. We just, I think a lot of you, things, the rules kind of changed a little bit. And when WWE went public, though, you just got to sometimes now, and with no competition for the longest time, now you can't voice your concerns to WWE because they don't listen. But what you can do is voice your concerns to Fox, USA Network, and the sponsors. Because you know who Vince McMahon listens to? Those guys, because they pay him a lot of money. I promise you guys, if you just listen... Follow those guidelines. Change will happen. If you guys unite together, <clears throat> anything is possible, especially with social media these days. And especially when you're right and you do it in a, in a, in a, in a civil way and you rate, and it's not, you don't, you don't contact the sponsors and act like a fool. You do it in a very intelligent way. You'd be, you guys would be amazed at what can be done and just how powerful you guys can be. Maybe not alone, but when together, you guys can cause a lot of change. So just keep that in mind. Um, I do want to talk out real quick before we, we take our first little break here and come back with Raj the, uh, on social media. Gary Vanderchuk, and I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time, and I eventually want to have him on the podcast and really, really get some time and dig into his brain some more. But it, uh, uh, 
following a lot of his strategies on social media have really helped me in my business with Feed Me More Nutrition. And it is uh, being genuine and being authentic. And it, go figure, the key to getting better engagement on social media, even because I've been limited in the past, and I believe there's different reasons for that, but you can't stop somebody from putting comments on other people's posts. And being genuine and authentic and consuming content and giving a genuine response and following a lot of the guidelines that Gary Vaynerchuk Chuck advises works. And I've single-handedly seen it in a matter of a week make a world of difference. And, I, and I've taken the approach with social media, and I've always to, had this approach, but sometimes it's easy to focus on the negatives too. And I'm constantly reminding myself of this. But I was like, you know what? We have the ability with social media to either make people feel good or to make them feel bad. One or the other. Why not make people just feel good? And and just to, to throw it in there, we, that and if you see something that you don't like, just don't, just move on. And then I think if you keep a simple rule in your head, I just, I want to make people feel good. How can I make people feel good? And you look for things that make you feel good, that you can comment on, that make somebody else feel good. And if you see something you don't like, you just move on. Don't, don't comment on it. Just keep commenting on things you feel good about. And, and I, like I said, for me, it's motivate, enrich, enable. That's those three right there. Try to, when I, I literally put this in my head, I go, how can I either motivate, enrich, or enable somebody today with social media? And I'm telling you, it's a very powerful feeling. I, I had a woman, I commented, came across, she was beginning chemo treatment for cancer and just left a nice little message on her page. And two or three days later, I, I get a, a, a direct message thanking me and just along with some other things and just very, it touched me. And I was like, wow, the impact that that had on that woman, because you never know what anyone is going through. And so I just think if we keep that in our heads, you know, the bad's always going to go on. You're not, we're not going to get through to everybody. But if we kind of take that approach, it was like, look, we have this great technology available to us today. There's plenty of positives to it. Yeah, the negatives suck. They suck a lot. But we can't focus on that. All we can do is block them. We block them, we block them, we block them, we block them. Motivate others, enable others, enrich others. How can we do that? By just, by just being genuine and authentic. And, uh, I, and I've always done that, but I'm doing it in a more extreme manner now. And I'm not like I'm not letting things bother me nearly as bad as I would have in the past. So that's just something I'm doing, guys. Maybe it can help you. Maybe it will help you and your views on social media a little bit. I hope it does, um, because it's it's really helping me. So a big thank you to Gary Gary Vaynerchuk for that. And uh, I just reread his book Crush It. I got to reread Crushing It again. And uh, the dude is he's as real as it gets. He puts out he puts out great content every single day, everything of every piece of his content is great. So, big thank you to Gary. And with that, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna be right back with Raj Geary of Russell Inc. after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy Ryback here to talk to you today about BetOnline.ag. 
That's right, betonline.ag. Now, personally, I'm not a big betting man, but if I was, I would be going to betonline.ag. Whether you're a baseball fan, hockey fan, baseball, whatever the sport, you can you can put all your bets on betonline.ag. I was personally rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights here uh, to go all the way to win the Stanley Cup uh, championship, and unfortunately, that was uh, in our second year in existence. Uh, we're 0 for 2. But uh, another hell of a season, and uh, I'm really rooting for the Knights to hopefully, hopefully make their way back next year. We will see. Go figure that Vegas has become a, a hockey town. But no matter what your sport is, no matter what your team, if you like placing bets, you got to check out betonline.ag. All you need to do, guys, is go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag. And try their in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play. Use promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. All right, we are back. And this week we're going to do something, guys, a little different, actually. I got Raj Geary here with me from Wrestling Inc. And uh, reached out, and, and I thought this was something that, that's very important. Uh, and have a conversation with everything going on with the WWE, um, with the John Oliver video, the, the employee independent contractor status, and a lot of a lot of things that a lot of people are very concerned over, I'm very concerned over, pro wrestlers are concerned over, and, and it's an important conversation that, that needs to keep happening and keep taking place. So hopefully we can, we can get more ears on this and we can spread this and uh, keep raising awareness on, on some of these is- issues. Raj Geary, what's going on, bud? Uh, not much. How about yourself? It's it's a crazy time right now. Yeah, busy day today and uh, running around all day. So it's I got a lot to do after. But um, I appreciate you reaching out and, uh, and saw some of the questions that you had, and it's they were great questions. And um, I think this is it makes me happy to see wrestling reporters and people that are in the industry like this um, that want to do good and not necessarily spread negative things or. And it's, uh, we need more of that out there. So, so I thank you for that. No, th- thank you for, for talking with me. Yeah, that's, this is, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the John Oliver piece, you know, between you and I, and, um, you know, that's something that when it came out, got a ton of attention. And then just with, you know, people's, uh, time attention, I mean, attention spans and everything right now, kind of quickly start fading away. Like a lot of things do. And it, it brought up a lot of important issues that I, th- I feel like that really, uh, there's no reason that they shouldn't be dealt with, and you're someone that's been willing to speak about it, and um, and kind of you're kind of like a lone warrior right now. Uh, a lot of people are scared to, or some guys are gotten so big that they don't feel the need to because they made their money, they had their success. But there's a lot of people struggling, and a lot of people don't realize a lot of the issues that a lot of the talent faces. So I think it's a very important issue, and it's great that you've been able to speak out about it. No, thank you, and I think that's something. I've seen that argument made and some, well, well, he's the only one speaking about it. It must not be true. And it's being discussed by, right. by a lot of people and in particular, uh, Lee in the business. And, and like I said, I've had people reach out to me talents and please, please don't stop. And it's, I've been fortunate enough to kind of be on both sides of the fence where I've been in the main event and I've been, I've been the featured talent and I've seen, I've seen now how things on that end. And I've, I've been kind of in the middle and I've witnessed and being with the company with WWE since I was 22 years old, I've witnessed a lot 
and seeing how things go down and how different people are treated. And as we've talked about with my lawsuit and things that we'll get into details about that, that they personally have done to me, I feel like I would not be, I would not be being a good human being if I did not speak about this, quite frankly. And I've moved on. I've had, we'll talk about my injuries. I got my business now and my goals, but at the same time, we need to raise awareness for some of these issues because the talent are handcuffed and they cannot speak. And if they do, they, they will be, they would, they would be terminated or they would deal with the repercussions. So. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of starting off with that and just kind of uh, with how the schedule is with WWE, a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, you get to travel, you make tons of money. Um, First off, let's say you're working the raw side of the tour. You're uh, Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday nights, and then TV on Monday. Now, for the Friday night show, do you travel on Friday to get to the show? Or, yeah, actually, traveling on Thursday, do you have to get to that show the day before? So people on the West Coast, typically the majority of the shows are are Central or East Coast-based. So if you live on the West Coast, typically you're going to get stuck having to do some red eyes on on some nights. Um, Otherwise, you're doing the 5, 6 a.m. flight first thing out in the morning. And and that's that's tough in itself, again, because you got to – this routinely for me was um, set six, seven, eight alarms and go to sleep at 12 or one and have to be up by three, usually sometimes two. So you're looking at maybe getting a, a couple hours of sleep, driving, you're getting ready, getting all your stuff, going to the airport, and then hoping you could sleep on those plane rides or plane rides if you have a connection to wherever you're going to go then usually get in, grab food and go straight to the show and go. So that's, that, that's on, for most guys though, you leave the day of though. Of, so, of, yeah. so best case, you're leaving Friday, you work the Friday night house show, yeah. Monday night raw, there's probably a lot of flights that don't take off that night. But best case, if there is one, you catch a red eye, get home early Tuesday morning. So really Wednesday and Thursday, you got two days yeah. at home. And you got to so remember that year, just, more or less, just right? uh, it, it, in, on the only time a red eye guy will get a red eye, the, t- the talent are booked on flights first thing in the morning, usually unless you request to be booked later. But everyone, they fly you out first thing in the morning, Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, depending on Raw or SmackDown, to get you home as early as you possibly can so that you do have as much time at home as possible. But you're usually getting in in the afternoon, and and anyone who's traveled, it's a travel day, and it kind of everything's kind of a mess on that. And you're getting very little sleep coming back as well, so... Right. And, and they, uh, there's a lot of times when you can get contacted for appearances and things last minute and you pretty much have to drop what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And if you say no to it, it's, there's uh you don't ever want to say no to that, that kind of stuff. Um, even though you should have technically have a choice being an independent contractor, it's not always the case. And uh, it's oftentimes they'll schedule media calls and, and especially when you're working you know, if you're in a, a main storyline or anything of importance there, you usually will be doing quite a bit of media. And uh, your off days are, you could be anywhere from one to three hours, sometimes more with some guys. It all depends on how how long, how many interviews they have scheduled. And But I routinely on days off would get off the road. And usually the Thursday morning, they usually don't do it Wednesday. It's happened before. But Thursday, I remember routinely getting up and making a pot of coffee and sitting down before I even ate and doing my doing media every, you know, that, that first year, especially a lot. And with that media, do you get additional pay for that? Do you get bonus? Too? No, there's no, there's no, there's no pay or anything of that nature. You're helping promote. And, and that's understood on that end on that. But there's a lot of things there that um, you're doing things to, to promote the company and the brand. And it's not, it's not compensated for. 
Right. Now, as far as uh, other things like uh, Comic-Con appearances where there's yeah. tickets for that and acting gigs, uh, how much of that, how much control does the company have over that? How much of that pay do you see and how much do they see or, or, do, or do you get all of that? No. So that's another thing where there's, where I said there's no protection for the wrestlers and the, the, a lot of this information isn't even made available to you. So if they have a, a, a Comic-Con or something, reach out and they say, they, you know, hey, we want to we book Roman Reigns. Well, WWE could turn around and say, and I'm just using Roman as an example. Right. They could say, well, Roman is this we this is his appearance fee for us of twenty five thousand or twenty thousand, whatever it is, and you can have him for four hours, and we're going to give Roman we're going to give Roman five thousand dollars of that, and but Roman won't know that he won't know. He'll just say, you're doing this, you got this appearance here on this day, you're going to get five k out of it. Talent's not going to say no. They're making. Then it could be the ratios could be way more off than that for a thing like that for a third party vendor or someone like that. Oftentimes on appearances, I and I this is something I raised questions over, is I I would routinely overseas have to do appearances at toy stores and and I would talk to the people there that when you're in there in the waiting room waiting to go do the signing they'd have a store filled with fans and the store they paid money to WWE for your appearance. Now they're not, they're not charging their people there, but they paid for you and you're not making any money doing that. But WWE is getting it all like, that's the kind of things like these that you don't have this information though, that they, they do. And it just doesn't make sense on a lot of different ends. Yeah. And, and that's, that's always been really interesting to me because like right now, like say for instance, uh, just wrestler pay and how much of that, the company controls and how much of that is based on their creative decisions. You know, someone like Jinder Mahal all of, all of a sudden pushed in the main event level, yeah. uh, headlining pay-per-views, um, then pushed all the way back down. What kind of fluctuation in pay? Uh, because that's something you've gone through where yeah. you're working main events on pay-per-views and then you're still the same level of over, but then all of a sudden they're pushing you down the card. You're not working some pay-per-views during the uh, the pre-show. What what kind of variation in pay are we seeing just based on creative decisions? So, and I can give you hard numbers on that as far as, or, or ballpark, I should say. Um, that's one of the things and your downside comes into play, and that's why they try to get guys on the lowest amount of downside possible that they're only obligated to pay you. Um, gender made... I would I would dare say much better money when he was the champion than when he wasn't. And if you see the way he's being used now, he's back to kind of what it was, uh, right. maybe a little bit above of what he was. Um, my first year in WWE made just under $1.1 million. And the following year, after everything had got taken away, not told anything outside of, um, and we're, except for that we're turning you heel, blah, blah, blah. Took away all the merchandise, and my pay went into the four to five hundred thousand dollar range. And now, mind you, I'm, I was working more dates even than I was, or, or the same amount of dates, same amount of time gone, same live event schedule on everything. Still, just pay per views and things. You know, I'd go. You, and that's the other thing too with like main event pay. They'll cycle in talent sometimes on main events or keep a fresh talent in there because they don't pay them nearly as much as they used to pay older talents on the main events and today's guys don't know that and it's and it's they get away with that and because there's no system in place there's no checks and balances to keep them in line and if you ask questions if you're not in that elite level and you ask questions they'll just pluck you right out and even if you're at that elite level and ask too many questions you're usually smart enough not to because you know you don't want to rock the boat too much 
because they can just they don't care. Well, the brand is what it is. We'll pluck you from it. And um, but pay can drastically go down based off just simple creative on whether you're winning or losing. And it is, and it's mind blowing to me. And that's one of the things I brought up before because it it's not to say the guys in the main events deserve every dollar that they get. They don't make enough. I can they point blank aren't making enough. But neither is everybody else, and that gap is too wide. The gap is in the, the guys, the, the guys that are actually holding up the company, the the spokes on the wheel are the ones that are that have very little at the end of the day. And you might be saying, "Well, four or five hundred thousand dollars that you should be so thankful to make that." And everybody is thankful, but for the amount of money the company is making off of you, and not, and that you're not made known to those numbers. And it, 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 it's really often when you put taxes in there and paying state taxes everywhere, country taxes, wrestling in different countries, paying their tax codes, that money with, with bills and everything and rental cars and hotels, airline uh, expenses and food on the road, that money goes really, really quick. It's not as much as what you would think. And that for me to let you know, that was my example for me. And I was still making really good money at that time. Like there's a, guy, a lot of guys that don't make anywhere near that. What I just said that the the four or five hundred thousand. So it's especially your first two or three years up there. Yeah, and, and so what are the downside guarantees? What do they usually start at? I know it's going to be different if someone's yeah. coming in from New Japan, but for these uh, the talents that are pretty much making their name in developmental in NXT that really didn't have much of a name elsewhere. And so I haven't been there for a few years, and I'm not I'm not up to date on if they've raised any of these amounts, but. A lot of times, a lot of guys, and it's they'll come up off of NXT. They'll leave them on those contracts as long as they can, first of all, so they don't have to, because they'll, they'll pretty much wait for you to say something, which most people are afraid to say something. Um, but eight, that eighty to one hundred thousand dollar range is is a very number. I'm very comfortable throwing out there, and and for road expenses, and we th- saw it with the Leo Rush situ- situation. The guy's not lying; he's telling the truth. There's not, he didn't have any money. And the, they can keep money, too, on different things if you're out. They don't have to pay you your downside even at times. They could hold money from you if you have to work off money. And they've gotten a little better on that than they were in the past because they realized guys couldn't survive at all on that. But it is, it's a really, really unfortunate situation. And a lot of those guys they bring up, they don't make anything for the longest time. And they're, they're, I've seen superstars up there that have been up there for a bit now eating off paper plates when they're home. And I, it's whether that's by choice or not, but it's, they're not making great money. Right. For and what it, the came out, making. it came out this week, the, the controversy with Lars Sullivan. Um, yeah. He made comments. The worst of them were, were quite a while back, um, but they fined him a hundred thousand uh, dollars, which came out this week. That has got to be a full year of, you know, like what he makes in a year right now. And he's new to the main roster. It's probably going to take him a while to be, uh, able to make back something like you know to be able to pay off something like that with with what the you know the the talents at that level start off at yeah and that's so one you can't condone anything that behavior is unacceptable on on all accounts but here's the thing WWE was aware of that beforehand and it right. wasn't until they got a little this is why I tell people raising awareness is so key and in, in with with their sponsors and whatnot because they will listen to their sponsors and the TV networks that they were fully aware of the comments he made before, but they're, oh, we can make money off this guy. We're going to make money off this guy. But now, oh, now they're getting a little bit of backlash. So now they have to do something really extreme. And it's unfortunate for Lars to even now, it's not, I'm not defending him at all. And right, it's, right. it's unacceptable. He, he probably shouldn't even be there mentally, like in all seriousness with everything going on, in that, with the way that that place is, if there's issues on that end going on. 
but he is, and he seems like a nice enough guy. But that is, my thing is for WWE, great. If you're going to find him, my thing is that that 100000 better not be going back to the WWE. I would publicly like to see them pick a charity, maybe in, in some sort of mental sort of capacity, something uh, for people with mental disabilities uh, or people that were social media behavior, something that, that will benefit other people from his him learning this lesson rather than them just keeping that $100,000. And I, I don't know if they made any mention of that or not, but I would hope as a company, if you're going to find this talent, that, that you sure as hell do something good with the money. Yeah. Uh, we recently had TJP on our, our podcast. He was talking about how when he first got brought up to the main roster, he was under an NXT developmental contract still. So he was getting his hotels paid for and road okay. expenses while he was still getting the the payouts for for the regular main roster you know live events and why do you think that they pay uh hotels and and road expenses for nxt and i and i know it's going to be a lot cheaper they share rooms they share cars yeah. but they have the system in place it doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult to move that that system to the main roster not at all. They, they, it's something that every talent should have. And one of the reasons, so they'll say on that, oh, we do that to help ease expenses for the new talent, to get them adjusted to life on the road. It's to kind of trick new talent for a while. And that's something, it's not just NXT. That's been around for a long time. When we were came up in Nexus, we all had that. And that when, then when I came back as Ryback, I didn't have that. But it's, it's essentially a way to just kind of not show talent the evil side of what their expenses are going to be. And then, then when they re renegotiate a contract towards the end of it, the talent doesn't have an idea of what that money, what kind of numbers that that's going to cost them. So they don't necessarily negotiate for a higher contract because they don't know better. They just look at, oh, whoa, I'm making this money. and I'm doing this right now. I'm getting, you know, I'm going to get $60,000 more. And then that 60000 those are going to go to your expenses. So yeah. that there's... Always a rhyme and a reason to everything they do there, and that's one of them for that. Yeah, so when you when you got on the main roster, what were some of the biggest surprises that you faced uh, with that transition? Just living your life with normal jobs before this and, and moving to a WWE you know, schedule and atmosphere. No, there's, there's a lot of good there, and, and yeah. meeting fans and, and performing is by far the, the greatest aspect of it. Um, it's... It becomes a job very quickly for everybody there, though, once you're there. And it, it could just, it could be, it has the, I think that's the one disappointing thing for everyone and for me and all the conversations I've had for all of us that love wrestling. It's very disappointing and it lets you down when you get there and you see what it is because it could be so much better. It could be great. And that's one of the things with AEW that I know Cody and those guys and I hope, and I, I have a really good feeling they're going to, they keep that, the environment a certain way, which I really believe they will because it's, it's selling the WWE. It's it could be so much better than it is, but I mean it's a grind, and you get there and you get in that mentality. And I always tell people once you get inside those walls, you either sink or swim, and you got to adapt really, really quickly to the schedule and in hurting all the you hurt hurt all the time. It's it's like it's that's one of the best things about not being on the road. As far as you wake up and you don't have it's just one thing after the other because it's never ending. There's no off season. There's nothing. But um, and I don't want to again. I have my, my issues with WWE and I'm raising awareness. There is good there that does exist. I just sure. know by, by default, though, the reason and why they do certain things. It, it could just be so much better. But it is definitely it's an adjustment for talent. You know, the booking your rental cars. And WWE takes care of your flights, but booking your hotels. 
you have to be very, very good with your money. And you have to, you have to, you're not just a professional wrestler, a professional traveler, professional driver. Driving, that's another issue, driving at night. And again, it's the way the business is. You drive rental cars and these things every night. I'm shocked, and other wrestlers, we've always talked about this, that there hasn't been any deaths like with people driving at night, driving one-way roads with semi-trucks coming by and tired. I remember many nights driving, my head bobbing up and down while trying to drink my, my 10th coffee of the day to stay awake and because I'm going on 45 minutes of sleep doing media the morning before. But it, it's it's a grueling schedule that the talent, and I and I need, people need to understand that wrestling, compared to all the other sports and different industries, Vince pays the wrestlers the least amount of all of them compared to what he makes compared to other sports, the percentages. And it's like something like six to seven times lower. And it's something that the all the talent are appreciative and thankful of every opportunity and whatnot. Now, I'm just saying this this man has built a business structure that nobody has questioned because there's been fear built into it. And they were the only game in town for a long time. And now we're seeing that with the AEW popping up, we're seeing talent leaving. I think you're going to see a lot more because these situ- these circumstances have existed from day one since Vince Jr. took over. Yeah. And lately, WWE, they've actually been taking a loss in their live events the last couple of quarters. Uh, live events aren't you know generating profit. Uh, how much... Um, how much difference do you think it would have made if you didn't work live events? Obviously, that's not an option when you're there. But did you was the payout uh, significant enough that no. you wanted to do that? So that's the other thing, and this is something that got me in trouble many times. I, I would keep track of the gates, and I would ask the peop, the reps that were at the shows, "What's our gate tonight?" And then I would keep track, and I'd keep the notes in my phone. So when we'd go back there, and because the building fees are typically the same for all the buildings, so once you do a round of the buildings, you kind of have that, those hard numbers. And then you can see how they're paying you based in my, I would watch my pay fluctuate so, so much for no reason. But oftentimes you make $500 on these live events and that's it. It's not, especially the guys on the low downsides. This is why my thing is everyone wants to try to get as high of a downside as possible because they have to pay you every week your downside. And what they will do is whether you're on a $3,000 downside or a $20,000 downside, they will put those live events to, to equal the 3000 or the 20000 with TV. So it's extremely important that you get a high downside there for that, in which Hunter and guys will say, oh, downsides don't matter, they don't matter, they don't matter. It, they're full of they're, They mean everything. And you don't pay a guy, a guy on a million-dollar downside is making a hell of a lot more money per week than the guy, you know, on the on the $100,000 downside, so... Yeah, and Alberto Del Rio had said something uh, similar recently about the international tours, how back in the day it used to be a big payoff, yes. but then that gradually decreased and decreased to where it, it didn't seem like it was really worth it anymore. So yeah. I, I got a couple of different hard numbers here for you on that from personal experience that they would range, I, they ranged for me anywhere from main eventing a 20-something day tour, making $30,000, $35,000, which... I, was I would consider solid for that probably nowhere near what main eventers were making or years prior, but I would have no knowledge of that. So how, what can I use to reference that? There's no, there's no way to do that. And they, that's, they've lowered that number probably since. For, that's for the whole tour. That was for the whole tour. So yeah. That's like 10 nights. No, out. sometimes it would be, we would do 17, 18 shows. Uh, right. but yeah, but it depends. So to break this down, you would probably be doing 10 to 12, tour shows and then TVs you would get paid for typically out of that would come before that. But yeah, that would be for how many ever shows 
It, right. it would range depending on, on how long the, the schedule was for that. <clears throat> to then, when I got downgraded creatively, seeing that number drop, and again, working longer matches actually, working more, doing more, doing more appearances, still still over, and getting dropped down to, to that fifteen sixteen thousand $16,000 range. Then the, the ultimate blow was tagging during the Rybaxel period. Uh, Randy Orton was wrestling Roman Reigns in the main event every night. John Cena wasn't on the tour. He was off of it for some reason. So me and Axel had to wrestle the Shield, uh, Dean and Seth, uh, in the opening tag match every night because Roman and Randy would go out there and do a promo. So just to give you an idea of what we're doing every night on this tour, Roman and Randy kick off the show with an in-ring promo. Me and Axel go out there and attack Roman and beat him down. Dean and Seth come make the save. And then uh, all out chaos would break out. And then somebody would come down and turn it into a tag match, me and uh, Axel versus Dean and Seth. So then we do that tag match, a 20, 25-minute opening tag match for the John Cena refund match, which no refunds were issued during the entire tour during that because we went out there and killed it every single night. Following that, we'd have to go to the back. I have two torn groins at this time, two core muscle tears, working hurt the entire time. But just to give you a reference of what was going on, we get to the back, have to stay in gear the whole show, wait till the main event of Roman versus Randy, and then we'd have to do a run-in in that match and get beat down, take, run back out, and the Shield would chase us off. They'd go into the finish, and, and Roman would go over every night as they were building Roman up. Randy got hurt about a week into this tour, or said he was hurt, and, and couldn't wrestle. So then they took me and Axel, and they put me and Axel with Randy in the main event, working a six-man tag for the whole second half of the tour. Randy couldn't get in the whole match, so fed two comebacks in there 30 minutes every night, act working hurt the entire time, and I left shortly thereafter to get fixed. But they, on that, um, so Randy would take a Superman punch on the outside, something of that nature, and we'd go into the finish and do business. So that was the entire tour. I made less that tour. I made $13,000 for that tour. Um, and I got back, I got that payout when I returned as Babyface Ryback in San Antonio. I had just got that payout back shortly before then. And I asked multiple times to in TR and said, this check isn't right. I go, this is the least amount I've ever made on a tour. We were sold out every night. Supposedly, this was our biggest tour we had done in years. And I said, I main evented the whole half. We, we were in the, the refund match. We had no refunds. I go, I'm out there working hurt 30 minutes every night. I said, this is nothing. Like It was the lowest they'd ever, like, I'd ever seen for a tour. And knowing other guys that what they got paid, and I was told, don't ask questions if you want to come back as babyface Ryback. Don't rock the boat. That was, and they do a joke. Don't rock the boat. Don't be stupid. Don't, don't ask questions. And they do, and it's, and I was wanted to come back. I wanted desperately not to be a heel anymore because it was, it was the death of me for the longest time. And it was, but that's the kind of things they do when there's nobody to put them in a court in line, essentially for their actions. They could just do whatever they want, whenever they want. So yeah, that, that brings up a, a, a point that's asked a lot. So you're really talents not given any idea of what they're going to be making on any given show going ahead. They're not like there's percentages going for payouts and nope. depending on where you're on the card, it could be five to, uh, you have no idea. No idea. And this is one of the things why I bring up the points and I don't have all the answers as far as what exactly needs to be done. There just needs to be something done to keep them in line because they abuse the system and they abuse the wrestlers in so many different ways. And the wrestlers don't have a voice and there's no one, again, those, the main event guys are never going to say anything because they have their money. 
and they what they perceive to be enough money. And it, it's a really they have created this vicious environment where it is it's just it, it's, something needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it 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 is kind of a, a wild thing to not kind of know going in. You you know you have a job, but you don't know what you're going to be making. Uh, as far as merchandise, is that something you kind of have a set amount where they're like, this is the percentage you're making on your shirts, or, or yeah, at least. And I don't have those hard numbers, but it's all in the contracts. And again, so here's the other thing on that. And the numbers are completely screwed up. The numbers are horrible. Now, outside of someone like Brock, who's negotiated a better deal and owns his name and different things, trademarks, where he's, he was able to negotiate a better percentage, 90 plus percent of the talent, if not all more than that, don't have any negotiating power. And they keep them where they have no negotiating power. That if you raise any questions on your percentages, you are you, they'll just pick somebody else. And uh, that's the thing. $30 t-shirt they're selling, you're making, I think it's like a dollar or under a dollar a shirt. At least it was somewhere in that vicinity. It is, the numbers are just completely screwed up. And But there's, there's nothing, this is what I said, just having something in place where wrestlers are, they should be able as independent contractors to negotiate it. And WWE will say, oh no, anybody can negotiate anything. I can tell you firsthand, if you try to do that, you're not going to be used. You're not going to make any money at all. So everybody signs the contract and they go along with what is given because that's what everybody else has done. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of want to get more into that and uh, and what can be done. Uh, but real quick, uh, kind of on that same vein, uh, you were there with the pay-per-view period. And when it started transitioning to the network, uh, to the network period, um, yeah. You during that time, were you told anything about how that would affect pay? Did you notice a change in your payouts, yeah. like your WrestleMania payouts, and, and and kind of what happened during that, as far as that went? Uh, they held a, held a meeting for that actually, um, and explained to everybody kind of what was going to happen, and uh, pay went down drastically for a while. And I remember then it started coming back up eventually. Um, again, no rhyme or reason. We were told though that payouts would. They were essentially going to just go buy previous pay-per-view buys for those pay-per-views during the same period to years prior. And But again, those numbers were not made available to the talent. You were just given a number and you weren't a lot. Like, there's nothing you could do with it. You're not, you're not given any reference for what, what it was. And you have no idea that what the network is doing at the time or how much money they're making. And that's something they would regularly do. And it's something else I brought up. Our generation of guys that we came up, we got over as bad as anybody with all this and they've done it on the video game as well talent used to make 60 70 80 thousand dollars a year for the video games on the low end like just for being in the video game it used to be something that everybody was excited for as soon as i got there first year that was when the other company whoever the video game um company was that they were doing business with i can't remember which one it was uh they went out they went bankrupt and that we they held thq i believe it might have been thq the blame was put. So they do the business deal. They do all that. They literally held a meeting in which I'll never forget this and all the talent and had John Cena speak in there of all people that we need to suck it up and be team players and in, in the company and be sympathetic to the situation that uh, this bad business deal that took place that I guarantee you all of them made money on, including Cena in which Cena, who's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire tearing, telling a bunch of struggling guys who aren't doing that well in there that are so many new guys at that point that you guys got to suck it up. Video game pay went down to like 11 or 12,000 for the whole year on that from, from that amount. And it stayed at that amount because nobody asked any questions and they realized they could talent over from that point forward on the video game 
So that's just what they do. And then they do it on all. You'll say, oh, you should be so lucky to be in a video game. Absolutely right. Everybody's thankful to be in the video game. But when you take it from a business point of view, this company, and they're making this amount of money on the game, all these other people are making a ton of money. The guys that are responsible for the game are, aren't making nearly anything. So, yeah. and they would do this routinely. And then the pay-per-view thing, man, it was, there's, the, the network thing, they have found such a loophole with that and not having to, to give information to that. And you don't know, you don't, you have no idea what you should be making or what you shouldn't be making. And then they, they'll justify it. Well, we're not making as much, so we pay you less. But you don't know that. They're about to make a billion dollars, but they're making money on back-end things through the talent, but the talent aren't getting a cut of that. And that's, it, it's a really, it's a hor- it, great from a business standpoint, but it's horrible that you're treating your, your core like that of all things. So how much, like percentage-wise, how much would your, would your WrestleMania pay have gone? To, how much would that have changed from the pay-per-view days to the network days? I don't know what year the network. Uh, the my first WrestleMania with Mark Henry, I got it was somewhere in the seventy or seventy-four thousand dollar range for that one match, which was by far my best payday for a wrestling match ever for one single match up there. They. I don't know the difference. I just remember because I was in the main event and then my, I saw I was still in the main event all the way through. And like I got my paydays right off the bat were what I considered to be great because that was my I was so new to in, as far as in that in that role and, and being up there full time that I was I was oh, this is great making this amount of money. I had nothing to compare it to and nobody does. Um, I do recall, though. The following year, that in the tag match with Ry Baxel, uh, with Cesaro and Swagger and the Los Matadors and the Usos in New Orleans, I believe I made $3,500 for that tag match. It was my lowest payday of any pay-per-view of the year, and I was not told why. And that would have been, I believe that was the first year of the network. Um, Could have been. Yeah. Um, so pretty drastic difference for performing at the biggest show of the year. They're making all their money. Granted, it's a different match, but it, it's a drastic difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is wild. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk with the, the WWE wrestler contracts. Uh, you know, right now what you're seeing, you're seeing Luke Harper uh, asking for his release. Yeah. It wasn't granted his contracts up in November. And instead they tacked on uh, several months to his contract for when he was out of action. Was that something that they were doing back when you were there? I, I felt like I never really heard about it until more recently. Yeah, they would do that. They, I'd had it. They, they did it, done it with me when I was out for um, trying to think what it was. With the, it was the groin, the groin deal. I believe they added that time under the contract. It was like I think it was like ten or eleven weeks. They just added it in. Um, you most times won't hear about it. There's times if they and again if a talent renegotiates a contract between when they're injured and, and like again it just goes away. They don't then nobody hears about it. Um, but that that was no shock that they did that. As far as they do routinely do that, I just think it's really, to me, it's really disappointing when I see them act like this to a, a performer, whether they're going to leave them sitting at home or what, like, um, which chances are they're, they're probably, because once you speak out like that or do something like that, it's, uh, I don't know, you really, it's um, the best piece of advice, and I know Luke well, is, is if I were him, I would probably start speaking about the company. He would get he would get released really quickly if he did that. It, it just seems amazing to me that you could get hurt on someone in their ring, 
and then they have the option to add on to your contract. I can understand if they pay for your surgery and you opt to take their money, then I can see which they know, do though. Maybe. Everyone in the ring that they, they cover all that. So, that... Sure, but if you if you get an injury like a concussion where yeah. you're not having medical uh, work done, they could still add on to your contract, yeah. though, right? If you're technically not made available for the road, if you're not on on the active roster, they could tack any of that time back on, and they they added that into the contracts. <laughs> from what I remember. Yeah. And I would have to look at the last one. I'm positive that's in there on all of that when I'm going through it. And uh, again, though, you sign, you have no, there's no negotiating power on this stuff. You can't, you bring up any of this stuff to them. It is to red flag right away. Right. And so, kind of keeping with, with with Harper, they pretty much pulled him off of TV completely. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not being used, or he's probably not going to be used uh, uh, by the time his contract does ex- expire. That punishment. How much is that going to cost Harper? in his pocketbook for not doing anything, uh, you know, embarrassing with the company, not doing anything wrong, just that he doesn't want to renew. Uh, what does just saying that cost a, a talent? I mean, obviously you're not going to know his no, exact number. Yeah. But- so what, what happens is, and I would imagine he is from doing this, if they're leaving it, leaving him at home, he is just going to collect whatever his downside, downside. is. Um, and he's not going to get any pay-per-view pay or the, from that and extra. Usually if the, if, if, Live events, there will be times, usually though, whatever your downside is for live events, that's what you make every week, regardless of the house, which makes no sense because you're supposed to get paid off the house anyways. It's just, it, it's a weird thing. But what they're going to do, and for people to understand, I, they did, they've done this routinely with guys, and they were going to do it with me before I just left, is, and they did it to Damian Sandow because they, they were planning on firing him, is they will take you off of TV. And this they've actually... To, to preface this uh, first for people, I tried very hard to work out some issues with WWE, and I was so hurt, I didn't want to tell them I was hurt. I just knew I was hurt, and I was telling the doctors, but they don't, they just, they keep you, they keep you week to week there. Trying to, to reach out to, to try to, I wanted my contract to expire, I wanted to be able to, I want to do other things, I want to do other things, and I was told point blank by Mark Carano, you don't want to do that. We're going to pull you off of TV. We're going to job you out. We're going to pull you off TV, and then we're going to fire you. That is the the system. And the reason they do that is they they job you out to lower your value in the fans' eyes first. Then they pull you off of TV so people start forgetting you. And then after that, then when they fire you, you look like you weren't good enough in the certain fans' eyes. And it's a whole system. They've done this time and time again for guys that will probably, with Luke Harper, but they – like before his contract expires, I wouldn't be shocked they would release him a week or two prior just so they could say they fired him. And it's what um, they do. Yeah. Um, now, the John Oliver piece, uh, kind of pivoting to that, it brought up a lot a, yeah. of different issues. Um, uh, and it packed a lot in in that 20-minute segment. I'm sure – I mean, it's got over 7 million views as of this writing on, just Great on piece. YouTube alone. Yeah. Um, they talk about – health benefits and uh, you know the contract status and and you know wrestlers dying early which mm-hmm. that side has seemed to improved uh, you know tremendously yeah. Uh, yeah but uh, as far as uh, the schedules and things like that what was if you could pick one thing from the Oliver piece that needs to be worked on right now that needs to be worked on first uh, and not just from the Oliver piece but in general but that was brought up what would you say that was uh, the the biggest thing is is there needs and I don't know whether it's a union or what it is there needs to be some sort of structure put in place to protect the wrestlers some sort of system there needs to be something and the health insurance thing is a is a really 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 important thing and it's important and I've experienced this firsthand with my situation and and I can understand it 
So WWE covers you in the ring for your injuries. The moment your contract is up, they do not cover anything for you anymore. Nothing. So you have guys, and you have, I've seen, I've done the independent shows and seen all these legends that are all screwed up and jacked up, and people are like, well, they should have been better with their money. One, they never made nearly as much money as what everyone thinks. And two, there's this tricky thing called pre-existing condition, conditions with a lot of health insurances. And even if you have great health insurance, they could choose not to cover something for you with no rhyme or reason. So, and I've dealt with this just leaving there within the first three years and having to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to, to try to fix injuries that happened solely there. And I've only worked there. So these guys, you'll see guys after they leave WWE and that schedule, it breaks your body down. Everyone that works there comes out way worse than when they got in. Happens to everybody because of that schedule, because they, they run you into the ground top to bottom. So for example, my, my ankle injury where I broke my ankle, they sent me to a doctor that botched the surgery. It took three surgeries. My, I have all this nerve damage still. My big toe doesn't work. I have damage in my leg. I still deal with to this day. I just deal with it. Now say tomorrow I'm walking and, uh, my ankle, because it's weaker than my other one, just rolls over and it breaks. And I got to then go and I got to go to the hospital and go through insurance. And, well, why do you have the, the, all these huge scars on your leg? What, what happened to your ankle? Oh, I heard it wrestling. Oh, you had that before you had this insurance? That's a pre-existing condition. We can't cover that. And then I get stuck with a 200000 or 100000 or 150000 50000 whatever it is. Did that bill, I get stuck with it because my health insurance won't cover it. In WWE, that, there's no system in place for wrestlers for once they leave there, which is the biggest crime of, a, of them all, in my opinion. And that is something, and I feel I'm very fortunate and blessed that I've been good financially with my money, but, but that could all change a week from now. And you, There's certain things health-wise that the wrestlers have sacrificed for Vince McMahon's billions that once they leave, oh, we're clear of you. We covered you while you were in the ring. I got news for you. When you injure yourself in the ring, those injuries show back up years later <clears throat> and whatnot. And it's like everything with me. I've had 11 stem cell procedures on my back and shoulder. I've been lucky enough. I almost got stuck with a $170,000 bill for two of them because my insurance didn't want to cover it. Luckily, there was a phone call where they said they were going to cover it and they had to cover it. But it, it's one of those things. I would have been stuck with a $170,000 bill for two of those procedures. It's crazy. And it's, that's, I've, that's all solely from when I was there. I've never bitched about as far as, that. Like, okay, I'm getting myself better. I left. But that's something that once you're gone, they wash your hands of you. And it's something that people need to be aware of that, that does exist, that these people and the talent there need to be aware because the, the culture that they breed is that you take pride in working hurt. You take pride in not, not going and getting MRIs. I can't tell you how many people, guys I've talked to, girls, we're all working up. We should all go get MRIs once or twice a year. I would say every six months on something that's hurting because my back issue when I was there for two years, I was going to the doctors. What's wrong with my back? Like something's wrong. This is what's going on. Oh, just take this pain stuff. Take this pain stuff. Well, guess what? That cortisone ate away all my cartilage in my shoulder, which I needed a shoulder replacement and avoided by doing stem cells. And I'm still not out of the clear, out of the clear with that in the clear with that. And my back from taking their, their Toradol and their pain things working hurt every night, my disc, I wore my disc in L1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 down, granted doing certain moves in the ring and whatnot, but that schedule and time and time again and not treating, not going and getting an MRI. Had I went and got an MRI that first year, 
could have all this could have been avoided most likely. And but it's stuff like that that there's just no protection for the wrestlers, and it's the environment they breed. And it's once you're there inside those walls, you all you know what it is, and you just you you're making money. You're just trying to make as much money as you can for your family and whatnot before things break down. But like guys there need to be aware too, because sometimes you, you're when you're inside those walls, you're in a bubble and you don't realize that those injuries you have now that you're working through. They're going to fall on you five, ten years down the road, twenty years down the road, if with no system in place the way that it currently stands. Now, why don't you think WWE provides health insurance? You know, you work for a lot of companies, and, yeah. and they don't give it right off the bat. You you got to be there like six Absolutely. months or a yeah. year. Um, it, it seems like even if it, it if it they have to lower wrestler contracts uh, to provide it. Uh, it. It can't be a financial thing, right? Because they're going to be making no. more revenue now. Than they're about ever. to make a million dollars, I believe, this next year in revenue. So again, so here's another thing. Wrestlers' pay should go up, actually, with this. Shouldn't it go down? Oh, for they're, sure. They're bottom, the reason why people are going, well, it's going to affect their bottom line. The reason why their bottom line is the way that it is is because of all the f***ed up practices that they have. So people, stockholders, shareholders, everybody needs to just get used to a new bottom line. Because the bottom line you've seen is from f***ed up practices that needs to be addressed. And that, all, that falls on Vince as a human being. That just goes to show you what kind of human being he is. And it goes to the talent fuel everything there. It's like the whole be a star thing. Talent do that for free all the time for them, for them to promote them as being this good guy company. And it's all to protect their bully tactics on everything else. It's not, it's like, it's when, once you're there, we all know this. It's all, it, it's, it's common. We just, oh, we know what it is, but that's what's going on. And it's hard for a lot of people to accept that because they put WWE on a pedestal, but that comes down to Vince as a human being and they treat in his carny ways of where they never, and it comes back. And I don't know if his father put that in his head where you never let the wrestlers know how valuable the wrestlers really are. Even though they publicly on their website and different things, the wrestlers are the core of the brand. Without them, we wouldn't exist. But yet, how come they treat people working in Stanford headquarters, their employees, and have benefits and health insurance and all these things, yet the guys sacrificing everything on the road, making nowhere near what they, they should for, to fuel this man's billions, aren't getting getting. It's just, it, it, it makes no rhyme or reason. And I don't know why they've gotten away with it for so long and why he would want to have that reputation is beyond me. Now you've worked with obviously with Vince. You worked with Triple H. Um, do you see things changing if Vince decided to step down with the XFL, take you know, becoming too much of a time commitment or or anything like that? If he decides to step down, um, do you see that changing? Do you think he is the main reason why the, the, those systems are staying in place? Hunter is obsessed with the internet and what the internet fans think of him. So for the only the sole reason is he would do it to look like a god compared to Vince that is and I don't honestly I don't care why he does it but that would be the reason why he does it because otherwise he would have he would have had it done now he would have spoken up on it now and tried to get it done and or he would have instituted that in, in NXT to, to get that policy going down there first he would have already done it so there is a chance that once Vince steps down Hunter does that to try and to try to give him that godlike presence that he desperately craves so yeah I think there's a very real possibility of that but also I think they're, they better get on the ball because AEW has a huge opportunity to do everything right. Talent will will run for the hills to 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 get away from WWE if they do it right over there. Yeah, and you've you've lived it. I know you get people complaining online, you know, saying you're bitter, things like that. But you've you've been there, you've done yeah. that. 
you've you've I'm also you've successful and happy end. outside of it. So you've main event a pay per view. Yeah. you've got a successful business now. Um, what if if AEW uh, came to you and said, "What can we do to make life better for wrestlers?" And um, make it the most appealing can be for talent that's realistic. We're going to do live TV, so there is going to be still a, a weekly travel schedule. Yeah. Um, what what can we do within the, you know those boundaries? I think they already have the people in place with Cody being there. I've I've roomed with Cody and known Cody for for many many years. Cody is is going to be the the to be able to help inform them on making. The, the right decisions. And I think we've already seen with Tony Khan talking about he doesn't, he doesn't believe wrestlers need to be on the road four or five days a week. That right there in itself, if you're a wrestler and you can make equal or close to equal money or still really good money and not have to wrestle five days a week, I'm telling you, no wrestler, once you're there, that is the hardest part of doing that. Your body, it's not meant to do that. Fighters fight once, twice a year, three times a year tops. Wrestling is every bit, as not, if not worse, on the damage it does to your body, especially now with the style changing. That, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is the schedule. And I think it's just, it's, Vince and them, if AEW comes out with the approach of, we're going to make superstars. Everything we can do to make a superstar from top to bottom. We are going to maximize every talent on this roster. We are going to we are going to we are going to get everything out of them that we can, and we're going to make them the biggest star possible, so that when they want to leave this company or when their contract expires, they're way better off than when they started. Rather than WWE's approaches, how we can we control everybody? How can we f- everybody over? How can we prevent guys from becoming too big? Blah blah. Because that, that is the mindset there, and you see it time and time again with their booking on what they've done because. That, to me, will be the, the two best things to schedule. And if AEW has that approach, which I have no doubt they, they, they will have that approach. So. And, and I think it can be argued that not appearing on TV uh, every week is a benefit. You know, but the stars back in the day, they, they appeared once a month or every, you know, every, every six weeks or whatever. Um, now, right now, WWE ratings are the lowest they've ever been. Um, the live attendance numbers have dropped. They're they're doing making a loss for the first time in forever. Yeah. Double digit drops in all levels of consumer spending as far as merch. Um, you know, network subscription dropped the day after WrestleMania from last year. You're seeing the business, uh, the the consumer spending end dropping, but they're going to be making more money than ever on the back end because they're on making the back, it on the other deal deals and doing the Saudi shows and doing these other things that, that are covering them on that. Yeah. Right. So it seems like WWE in a lot of ways is in a bad spot as far as popularity. Uh, these seem like changes that would probably help them, and, and especially with the negative publicity they got with the Saudi show. It seems like uh, this is stuff that would help them tremendously as far as uh, the goodwill from the fans. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it, it's they've they've damaged themselves in the eyes. So the biggest mistake they ever made is, is trying to appeal to the hardcore audience solely. They used to try to appeal to the casual audience where that was their bread and butter. That was the bigger market. They have now secluded themselves from them. They have driven the casual audience away and they have now, they're like, well, we're just going to target this hardcore audience that was here regardless. But they've, they've lost them on both ends because the hardcore audience and wines anyways and are upset over pretty much everything no matter what and then you i believe i believe it's a multitude of things but i also believe it's, it's a big part of its creative and it's also part of it is 
They are using talent that aren't necessarily, and I never want to make this against the wrestlers because I'm, I'm for the wrestlers. But they are not making guys as large of superstars as they were in the past. And I believe they purposely pick guys that can't be at that level to try to portray that level. And then they know they kind of keep them on a cap. And then other talents that like Braun Strowman, for example, superstar. If Braun Strowman, he was red hot a year ago, eight months ago. Look at that compared to how they used him at that point rather than putting the championship on him and giving him the momentum. It would have put him at the next level. They purposely go out of their way. Rusev's another guy. They've done it. They've done it time and time again with guys, and they try to control the ones that the ones that start really, really getting over, and then ones that are, they'll pick the ones that they want, and because they think, well, they'll get over, but they're not going to get that over, and they'll fill that role for us. And it's a weird. It makes no sense, no sense at all. But they're making all this money on the back end, and so as a business, they're succeeding as a business. But from a wrestling company, they're failing, and it's showing in their ratings and their live events. People aren't buying into what they're selling them. And that goes back to, you got to, the, the creative and the storylines, the superstars that are, that are being used. Every, it, it's not just one thing. It, it's, a, it's a culmination of things. And the majority of that falls on WWE. Yeah. Um, you had made some comments recently about WWE uh, taking over wrestlers' social media accounts. Uh, a lot of people did not know that. It, it, it generated a lot of... Uh, yeah a lot of interest online uh, it seems like they've changed p- position on that do you think that's because you spoke out or just uh no i no idea on that all i could tell and i have the social media form another one that when i was there that i kept from the meeting that but in the social media form was essentially saying they could find you they could terminate you if you post anything that they find out of line which could be anything if they could make it could, it could literally be anything but so the social media passwords is that they have a social media team there that before we even had to sign over that policy, the social media team was telling us you had to give over your password from WWE and they would come up to you and they go, it's not shared with anybody. And they, everybody was buddy, buddy with the social media people. Cause they were cool guys. They still work for WWE and they report to TR. So you give them your name and password. I, they had mine for a while and they would go and they would make posts to promote different events and they would do things or they would send you different things. And when I remember I changed my password, I was like, I, I didn't feel comfortable because things were already starting. I was getting upset already. I was like, this isn't, I don't feel comfortable with you guys having my information on that. And I remember I changed it and they immediately came up to me. Why? What's your new password? And I didn't give it to them. <clears throat> so, but they didn't. Now on the documents, they made everybody sign. I don't know. I don't believe they had in there that you have to hand over your password on there. But that was the thing they would protect themselves and have the social media team do. And again, if you don't give them your password, what do you think happens? They report you to TR. TR that that goes to 100 events. Oh, he doesn't play ball. He doesn't cooperate. But then when you sign over your stuff too and they have it, now you're in a position. That's why I I refused to sign it with all of that when they they blocked all the talent, put a talent in the room. And, and had all the talent sign the, the social media forms that none of the talent wanted to sign. Everybody was looking around at each other that day, and I just got up and left. So it, so you never signed it, did uh, any of the other? Everybody you know, else any did. Other, that when I was there did. from three years ago, everybody did. They tried. They, they cornered me three different times the day I walked out to try to get me to sign the form, and I told them to off every time. It was, it's not, this is... <clears throat> And all the talent, they could be, they go, you didn't sign it? I go, no, you guys don't have to sign this. I go, we don't have to sign anything they give us. They lie to us constantly. And the talent's like, yeah, but the man, I'm scared. Like, it's just, that's what, 
What are you going to do? Because then, then, then you're going to get punished. You're going to get jobbed out. You're going to get pulled off TV. And it, it depends on what level you're at. And it's, I'm telling you, it is, and it, it's just, it all comes down to there's no protection for the wrestlers. And this company can do whatever they want. And to touch on that, the, I posted the legal letter that they'd sent me when I left from three years ago, stating that I needed to hand over all my social media, demanding I hand over all my social media. And the only reason I posted that was to simply show people they think they own your social media. Or they, they wanted, they, they put that fear mentality in you where they don't change your name. God forbid you keep your followers that are yours. Give us your, give us your accounts. Like that's, if you don't think they're going to send that and not ask you for your password to have social media people, you're out of your mind. And then there are people arguing over the intellectual properties. Like I own everything already. I, and for entertainment, for nutrition, dietary supplements, it's like, that's not, it's not even an argument. I already own everything. So it's. It was simply showing that the how they act towards talent, and that they think they could just demand things. And we, my, the response was off from the attorney, and they. So it's like, and people get legal from all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Crazy, uh, right? Yeah. So did, did you notice a difference after you didn't sign it with how you were being used, or? No, I, it was already at that point where I, I don't know what I can't give you an exact date of when that form was. Yeah, sure. It was it was towards the end though when yeah. I was leaving. And so that was already, I'd already dropped the IC title, I think. And then the Kalisto stuff, I could say that, that my, everything there would have went completely differently had I signed everything over on the last contract there that I had and then and kept working. That whole last two months would have been entirely different. I, I have no doubt about it because they, they usually, when you sign a new deal, they'll use you good for a little bit again. And then they'll, after you're there again, then they'll drop you back down. Yeah, well, uh, right back, man. This has been great. I think this will, this is very important to be uh, kept at the the forefront and to be Absolutely. talked about. Uh, how are you feeling uh, since since you've been gone? It's been a few years. Uh, physically, how are you feeling? Uh, good. Like I said, I've had eleven stem cell procedures, and um, I made the unfortunate mistake when I left. I got my ear and nose fixed because I worked my entire WWE career not being able to breathe through my nose, and I never wanted to take time off to get it fixed and. I couldn't hear out of my left ear because I got my eardrum busted my first year in wrestling. So when I left WWE and was still under contract till August, I had, they tried to actually pull my pay. They, were gonna, they weren't going to pay me. So I had to go on injury pay where I collected a paycheck till the day my contract ran out. And I had them fix my ear and nose that, cause, so that I, could, I wanted my health back, essentially, that I never had up there. And my back and shoulder were absolutely in horrendous shape. But in my head, it was, oh, just give it more time off. Give it more time off. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. And then I started doing appearances and signings and then wrestling. And my back and shoulder were worse than ever. And I went and got an MRI. And I was told I needed a five-disc fusion in my L1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. They were just barely, the, the discs were completely worn out. Still intact, just barely. And like I caught it just in time. And my shoulder, uh, two different doctors told me about the shoulder. I needed a shoulder replacement. I have no cartilage left in there. And there were, there were some muscle tears and whatnot. Um, and at the time, I believe I had just turned 35 when that all happened. And I just thought, well, if I go this route, I'm forever done wrestling. You're not, you can't come back from a five disc fusion. You can't come back from a shoulder replacement with the way the current technology is on that. And I, my chiropractor just said, why there's a stem cell guy here that's working on some of the UFC guys. You should probably go, go to pay him a visit. He, and I, I went and set up an appointment, and the guy, he's uh, saved my career. It's not only saved my career, most likely, my quality of life. I was people, and they don't, I always looked like I was all right. 
I was in so much pain waking up, falling out of bed to my knees and like my shoulder, it was just grinding all the time. It was, it was, I had muscle atrophy in my tricep and lat. It was affecting so many things and through stem cell procedures, they've regrown my disc in my back. I'm pretty much essentially pain-free now. And I'm just, wow. I'm getting two more done in the summer, number 12 and 13. And uh, they keep getting, they have another new procedure they're going to do on my shoulder in July as well. And my shoulder is is drastically better than what it was. I'm back up over 290 again for the first time since I left WWE, and like I'm, I, I feel really good. But it's it's one of those things, and I get I, when I see people in in like social media, it's when you coming back, when you coming back, when you coming back. I never would have left essentially if I wasn't as hurt as I was. That's what essentially drove me to to make the decisions I made. But I would have signed with somebody right away, or I would have mm-hmm. taken a little bit of time off had I been healthy and there were offers at a couple different places. It was, and it w- it would have happened. It just, mm-hmm. it wasn't this all kind of the way it all unfolded, but it, it's been a blessing that I've found out because rather than being in a wheelchair or being crippled the rest of my life, I'm now as healthy as ever. I have to just give it enough time. I don't want to jump the gun too soon. I'm still young. I'm 37. I have time. I feel better now than I did at 34. So I just yeah. need in my head. It's, I got my business. I got my investments. Even if you're gone for three, four years, it's not the end of the world. And people will remember me when I decide to come back. So and the, the podcast has been a blessing on keeping my voice out there and doing different things. And, and doing helping people, man, is a great thing. The supplement, it, it, I get no, nothing prides me more than seeing people message me saying they lost 120 pounds or 100 pounds or 80 pounds. And they're taking my supplements and listening to my advice. I'm like, yeah, man, that's like, to me, that's more rewarding than wrestling. So but I'm very thankful for my fan base and for the people around the world. So, and I do, it would only help everything I'm doing. I never want to wrestle full time again. I, I, but I do want to go back and, and be a key part in wrestling once again and, and do what I wish I could have done the first time. So say so you will be back. It's not, it's not if it's when. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one last question regarding the stem cells you mentioned, um, they are only approved for a certain number of procedures. What are your thoughts on that? It's one of those things they work. So because they work, the the medical the we, we the medical world is a very tricky thing, and and oftentimes it, it's a business, and uh, they sometimes oftentimes will create a problem to sell you the cure, and it's um, stem cells work, and they've and they've they've single handedly I say this just from my experience of giving me a second chance. So I, I just, I don't know why they are not, I, I feel like they're more accepted now than they were even three years ago, five years ago, before the people had to fly to other countries to get it done. NFL guys and baseball players were going to different countries to get, to get the stem cells where now they are being done in the States. Also, it's a problem. It's a very tricky situation with insurances. Also, insurances don't like covering those either because they're so new or they'd rather you have a surgery, which is not, it's my thing is if you could avoid surgery, if I would have opted to have the surgery on my back, I wouldn't, uh, it would, it would have been an entirely different situation for me. So it's, um, I hope over time, I just wish as human beings, man, people would just like people, we have business, people make money, but just do good with it. Like if we just concentrated on making the world a better place and making everyone can still make money and do things, but we have these people that think they have to be evil or do things and be mean to people. And it's, it's just the way that the culture has been bred from day one. And, uh, 
it, it's unfortunate, but um, again, I'm very blessed and thankful that I've, I've had this opportunity to experience this and go through this. And I'm very sympathetic to people that have chronic injuries and illnesses. And like, I've seen like a lot of the old legends, man, the wrestling, these guys, man, a lot of them have nothing and they're just completely, it's, I got a glimpse into old life. I feel like the last few years and uh, my heart goes out to them. And that's why I'm also as passionate as I am, not only from the things that have happened to me. And again, my lawsuit, what I talked about with you, with them forcing me to drop a multi-million dollar lawsuit my first year up there. And then with me every day after the statute of limitations ran up, seeing these guys in the situations they're in, nobody's looking out for them. And these guys paved the way for guys like me to, to go there and, and have an opportunity and everybody that's there today. And I think it's really important for current wrestlers. And this is something I've seen like independent wrestlers be respectful of all the guys that, that have come before us and, and paved the way because without them and a lot of them, I've seen a different culture, a different way of thinking with a lot of the guys. I feel like they think that like, they think they're, they're more talented than, than the older performers or things. Those guys were superior psychology wise to all of today's wrestlers. And another thing, it's like, it's just be thankful for these guys. They, 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 and it's, they lived in a different period and there were different things going on and, and but then the and wrestling has evolved and whatnot, but it's wrestlers have to stick together and it, and they don't all the time and it sucks. And I see, I've seen other ones say something. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is, we all know this is what's going on and we all have to come together. Cause if we all, if every wrestler just stood up and said, I agree with everything going on, change needs to happen. If every wrestler just tweeted that out today, something would happen. Yeah. But it doesn't, so. Yeah, well, um, we, we, we went over an hour. I feel like we could go another couple of hours. We, we got to do this again. Absolutely. Um, no, any questions you have, man, I'm more than happy to answer. That's what I, this is what this is for. I want, I want people to be as informed on this as possible. And again, and guys, I'm so confident. I can say anything against WWE. I know how over I was. I know how over I can be. I can go back at any point. I don't, and it's like, I already know that. And I'm not afraid. And I wish everybody had that confidence. But it's, and I don't want to, the, just, we have to raise awareness on this. And I think the key thing from this in, in all seriousness is the sponsors in the Fox TV network and, and USA network are WWE's lifeline. That is where, and they, if they don't listen to the fans, if you guys are upset over something and they're not, WWE is not listening to you, start complaining to the sponsors and start complaining to the TV networks because I promise you Vince McMahon will listen to them because that's where he's getting the majority of his money. Yeah. And I know first for fans, you know, so many of our, uh, the, the legends that we grew up with, superstar Billy Graham, Paul Orndorff, Kamala yes. are, are, are using GoFundMe now. Um, you know, this is a important issue for the talents that we grow up enjoying and are fans of and, and, and helping their lives. So yeah, and guys uh, like that too, topic. man, great point. Why aren't guys like that? And again, using them on the pre-shows and guys, but instead of, you know, they use these guys and there's nothing against like guys like Sam Roberts and these guys, but they don't pay these guys anything probably because they, they know their fans and they bring in these other people. Use your past legends, give, use them on the show, give the show more credibility. You see UFC and things, use fighters and things. Use, not saying every guy's going to be good at it, but use some of these legends in different roles and, and whatnot, instead of bringing in fans to come in and, and again, nothing against Sam Roberts. I like, I'm just using him as an example in different guys. Like you could, you, you could have these guys still involved in wrestling that paved the way. It's, there's just better ways. 
use legend contracts better. The legend contracts are shit. Give them better legends contracts. You're making money on their figures and things and help them because it's like there's no protection for the guys. And it's unfortunate. It's like Vince, and I, I, I've used this comparison before that I, I've talked about it before and from Bob Backlund's book. Bob is the nicest guy in the world. And in his book, he talks about, and you could see the tone change from when Vince Sr., was running things to when Vince Jr. started running things and started running multiple shows a day and treating the talent like cattle. And it's in Bob's book where you can kind of just see from Bob's point of view, and Bob is a great stand-up guy, and you could just see Vince has this mentality of using human beings. He has no respect for him. And I don't care. It goes if you've heard stories <clears throat> that poor, the poor creative team guys there, he'll leave them sitting around in the office for hours and hours and hours up at Stanford at TV while he's out working out or doing whatever, shows up after they've been there all day waiting for five, six, seven hours to go over to rewrite TV again for the seventh time. Like that, doing that kind of stuff is just, it, it's, a, it's a huge flaw as a human being. And they, but he's just happened to make a lot of money using other human beings. And it's, I hope before he passes, he chooses to to do the right thing and and treat the talent better as a whole and just make some some key changes. And things would be so much better uh, all around if he does. But again, we'll have to wait and see. And hopefully, AEW I think is going to be key in maybe promoting some change as well. Oh, well, thanks for thanks so much for having me on your podcast. This interview will also appear on the weekly podcast on Wrestling Inc. soon. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. And, and Wrestling Inc., right? That's dot com. WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. Well, Raj, I appreciate your time. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, RYBACK, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals. My personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. Summer is approaching fast, and now is the time to not only get your diet on track, but also stock up on Feed Me More Nutrition. You can save 20% with discount code PODCAST20. 
Whether you're looking for long-lasting clean energy with our Wake Up Unlimited Energy, available in pink lemonade and our new green apple, melting fat off of Shell Shock Extreme Fat Burner, or getting a great night's rest with our powerful all-natural GTS Go to Sleep. Feed Me More Nutrition has you covered with seven different products that contain no artificial colors or sweeteners and use more natural ingredients that work synergistically to give you the results you deserve. Available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Feed. Me. More. All right, we are back. I am back. Big thank you to Raj Giri. I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And um, please, please, this is the episode to share along with the John Oliver episode. And just keep raising awareness. Keep making more and more people aware of what's going on. And uh, if we can keep reaching out to the TV TV networks and the sponsors, um, change can happen, guys. It can. And it will. It will happen. Mark my words. It will happen. And um, I'm excited. It's a great time to be a pro wrestler. It's about to get a lot better. And uh, I'd actually had wished AEW good luck with everything on because the, they got a television deal there on uh, here this past week. And um, it's just good for wrestling. It's good for wrestling. It's good for fans. It's good for wrestlers. And uh, we'll see what happens when the big guy's healthy and uh, able to contrib- contribute in a meaningful way. We'll see. We'll just see what happens and uh, and what the options are down the road, whenever that time may be. It's not right now. I can tell you guys that much. Two more stem cells scheduled uh, for July. As of right now, I go to the doctor in June. We got to get those all set up, and uh, I feel great. I need to continue to improve. Just keep focusing on the business and everything going on. And uh, we'll see. we'll see where the cards lie later on. As far as Feed Me More Nutrition, guys, thank you guys for supporting. Uh, that I can't tell you. it's We're getting ready. We just got a Fruit Loop protein. It'll be actually called be called Fruity Cereal. Can't use the word words Fruit Loop. <clears throat> but uh, they nailed it. They hit a home run on it. So I'm super stoked. That one, we uh, I just sent the email over. The purchase order will go through here this week for the uh, Fruity Cereal, Fruit Loop, ISO Hungry. And they nailed the cotton candy on the third try. It was, it was so close. It was just missing a little something. And they found that little something. And absolutely delicious on the, the, the uh, finish at BCAA. So we're going to be doing a cotton candy on that as well. That purchase order will also go through this week. And typically lead times on for me is usually it could be four to six weeks. It all depends here. Sometimes it's a little quicker. But I got work. I got to like finalize a couple labels. We always make little tweaks to the labels and whatnot. So um, stay tuned for that. The brain feed formula as well. I'm just waiting uh, for the samples to come in. But that being a capsule, that's uh, there's nothing to worry. That one will get approved on as soon as I get it. There's no there's no taste or anything you know as far as that stuff goes. So th- those are always easier because it's just getting the ingredients. Uh, capsule, and uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll on that once I get that approved as well. Sorry, my voice, too, this week. Voice is a little uh, hoarse, of course. But with that, all right. 
cue up that classical classical music editor, Mike. For all fan mail, guys, P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. You can support this show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ryback. All Feed Me More Nutrition. I'm wearing my Smash Fear t-shirt there. If you guys see those, I post those on social media sometimes. You can get all the Feed Me More Nutrition merchandise under Feed Me More Nutrition t-shirts or Ryback t-shirts. Buy it from the Feed Me More store on Amazon. Guys, all of that merchandise is available there. Feed Me More Nutrition available on Amazon and feedmemore.com. We, uh, we're taking on another Amazon seller here. I'm really excited uh, as we continue to grow this thing. And uh, hopefully hear back here from bodybuilding.com on a potential deal on, on possibly getting something worked out with them and uh, keeping this baby growing. And I just take it one day at a time, try to make as many people aware that we exist as possible. And your guys' reviews on Amazon are greatly appreciated as always. If you guys could take a moment and, you know, if, I, I only want you reviewing what you've tried. <clears throat> I want genuine reviews. I've never paid for reviews. I've never done anything. It would be the easy thing to go and do. I've always believed in just doing things the right way. So I really, I do rely on you guys for this. And I, I've just, it helps greatly. Reviews on Amazon help the product sell much better as time goes on. So if you bought the products and uh, you have an Amazon account, it, it is greatly appreciated. And uh, if you send me a message with a screenshot and uh, you, you make a post on social media, tag me and I'll, I'll put it in my stories to maybe get you a few more followers. I'm always really good with that stuff. People that help me, I try to help back, guys. And uh, it, it's greatly appreciated on all accounts. For personal video shout-outs, cameo.com slash Ryback. For professional wrestling appearances. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the thing. I literally froze on my thing. I'm looking at it and I was going to say Bill Barons. For all professional wrestling bookings, though, showbiz at AOL.com for Bill Barons or book, book the big guy at Yahoo.com. Wake Up It's Feeding Time, my motivational book is available on Amazon in paperback, Audible, and Kindle formats. Fuelmeals.com. It's my personal meal prep service, guys, that I've used. Going on, I think, now over four years. You can save 15% with discount code, the big guy. Check out their whole menu on, on thefuelmeals.com. There are fuel meals on Instagram. Uh, I post them in my stories occasionally and uh, very grateful uh, for the relationship that I have with them. So thank you, guys. And follow us on social media, guys. YouTube.com slash channel. Got to talk to Joe, and hopefully we'll get these podcasts up on a... I would like to have them up every Wednesday, if possible, Wednesday or Thursday, every week to kind of get some some consistency on YouTube. But we will continue to try to work on that and get that improved. I am Ryback22 on Twitter, the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram. You can follow Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, the big guy Ryback22. I already said that on Instagram. Uh, conversation with the big guy on Instagram. Feed Me More Nutrition on Instagram and Ryback. 247 on Snapchat. I am now using Snapchat more often. I am a big fan of their filters. So if you were following me and you're unfollowed me because I wasn't using it, follow me again because I'm uh, that's where that's my stupid account where I can just have fun. There won't be a lot of informational stuff on there, not a lot of promoting, but there'll be a lot of baby Ryback, old man Ryback, Rybecca, the big girl Rybecca, and uh, 
whatever faces that uh, Snapchat wants to give us. Mark for Life has a new face. He's made some appearances. So uh, follow me on there if you guys want to laugh at some stupid. Other than that, guys, have a great week. Be good human beings. And thank you for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Feed me more. With the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment. And-